0: This interview is sponsored by payroll provider Gusto.com slash Mixer G. But Andrew, boss that he is, will tell you about it later. Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses and joining me as someone whose business I wouldn't have thought would work in a world where you already have so many competitors. And sure enough, it is. Steve Satoru Naito is the founder of Anyplace, is a remote work friendly accommodation. So if you're traveling and you want to live someplace without having to pick out furniture and make sure that the internet is fast enough and all that, they provide it all from the couch that you're going to sit on to the key light you're going to use when you do a a zoom call with someone all provided on a monthly basis and the reason i wouldn't have thought it would work is because there's frankly there's airbnb and there are other options why don't we start off with this first question give me the revenue
1: how much are you guys doing our current annual revenue run rate is six million dollars and we expect to hit 10 million revenue round rate early next year
0: and the model is how do you get the place how do you rent it and then where do you get customers our
1: business model is a sub model We partner with large property management companies uh, who manage multi-family properties across the United States, such as Greystar, UDR, Avalon Bay, and we these unfurnished apartments in the bulk and we furnish them and install high-speed internet and office setup and sublease them to our customers so this model allows us to control the quality of customer experience and properties and expand our units quickly and once we have established our brand we can expand in an asset light model in the future with a management contract and revenue share model right now we are doing a sublease model
0: I see. I was going to ask you, how's this different from what everyone talked about with WeWork, where they were leasing property and then they long-term leases, and then they were renting it out short-term, and if rents increased, they did well, but anytime rents decreased, they were stuck. And I guess what your answer is, we're doing it this way at first, but in the future, we're going to just partner up with the real estate owners. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Our uh, business model is the same as we work. The huge difference is we don't lease crazy long term, like 10 years or more than (laughs) 20 years, like something like that.
0: What type of leases do you have? How long?
1: Usually one to uh, two years. We are pretty flexible.
0: Okay, so the type of lease that I might get if I was going to move into a new city. You buy the furniture, you make it look nice, you make sure there's internet and everything else that goes into an Anyplace home. That's correct. How do you get customers? Are people going to Anyplace.com and looking for homes?
1: It is not difficult to acquire customers in the accommodation sector because there are established acquisition channels, such as Airbnb, and one of our biggest acquisition channels. Okay. But fee is expensive. They charge us around 15% as a commission. So to acquire returning customers is pretty important. It is okay for customers to make their first booking on Airbnb, but how to get them to make the second booking mm-hmm. directly is a key. We have the advantage of physically touch point with our customers, and before a customer who booked on Airbnb moves in our unit, uh, our local staff uh, leaves a postcard on the table in the room, okay and we offer a two hundred dollar discount uh, the next time stay. Uh, you make a reservation uh, directly with any place. so, If they like our experience, uh, they will naturally book directly with us uh, next time. This is how we incentivize the direct bookings. 20% of bookings came from returning customers in Q3 this year. And the
0: idea now is you just keep listing on Airbnb. If you get a rental on Airbnb, great. If not, hopefully you get it off your platform. But in the future, everyone who comes from Airbnb, you ideally would like them to come and search on your site. That's correct. Okay. Where else are you getting people? How else are they finding
1: you? We invest in SEO and content marketing a lot. So actually 50%, 5-0% of customers came from direct invest. I told you before we got started that
0: you understand how this is because you were an interviewer. What were you doing as an interviewer before you got started with any place? Why'd you do it? I'm originally from Japan
1: and came to San Francisco. I didn't have friends. I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak English. I had nothing. But uh, I had a dream. My dream is to build global product like the next Airbnb or Uber. And before I came to San Francisco, I was a tech reporter for Tech Run Japan. I had knowledge in how to interview founders and investors. And I wanted to build friends. So I conducted more than 100 interviews and then making friends before uh, I started uh, my own company here. You got to the Bay Area
0: and you said, I don't know anyone here. And so you started doing interviews. Was it for your personal blog? Yeah, my personal blog. Okay. And as a result, you built these connections. Who are some of the people that you met while you were
1: interviewing? Dave Mori. Dave Morin stayed connected with you? Yeah, you can name. Yeah. Name. And then the founder of Atari Gaming Company. How did you stay in touch with them? I've done interviews for
0: years, and what I find is that with most people, I don't stay connected. My best link to them is I have something in my inbox confirming the interview, and if I ever need to reach out to them, I hit reply on that, and that allows me to have a relationship, but that's it.
1: After I interview with them, I invite them to sushi dinner. I'm originally from Japan. I know what is authentic sushi restaurants, and then they usually say, okay, let's go sushi dinner together. I will teach you the real sushi. Something like that, I be a
0: That's a great idea. I do think that people are real foodies. And if you as a Japanese person can say, let me show you the best sushi restaurant or give you the right experience, I could see them going in for that. And even if they say no, at that point now you've connected with them on a social level and they could reach back out and and talk to you about that. All right. Tell me about where the idea
1: came from. We started AnyPlace in 2021, but we pivoted during the pandemic. Our original idea of AnyPlace was a marketplace that allows people to live in a hotel on a monthly basis. Pandemic has changed the way people live and work. Remote work has become the norm. Now most people can work from anywhere. But the problem is regular hotels and Airbnb are not designed for work. They usually have slow internet and small desks. These are not suitable for working. I'm a digital nomad. I change my location on a regular basis and I usually stay in Airbnb or in hotels, but I was so frustrated about the work environment. Real estate operators underestimate the work environment. So this is why we started building a new category of work-friendly accommodation.
0: Personally, our digital nomad, you would go to stay at a hotel, you stayed at Airbnb. In both situations, you said, if I want to sit and work, I don't really have a spot. In a hotel, they tell you to go downstairs at the lobby or maybe they've got some desk somewhere. At a house, they basically are telling you sit down at the dining room table and work. And for you, neither one felt just right enough. And you said, maybe there's a new opportunity here. I'm going to be the one who creates it. Your first vision was I'm going to do this with hotels. Some hotels are going to want to partner up with me, right? Right. Why did you go for hotels and not homes?
1: Our original idea was marketplace. We work with hotels. We reached out, but I usually don't understand why it's important. So that's why we decided to be through the sub model.
0: So the first plan was, hey, go to hotels and say, list your properties on our platform. All you have to do is go through this checklist that I have items that you need. A desk, good internet, a cup. Co- what else? I keep going back to a desk and good internet, but it's more than that. What else did you want?
1: webcam, key light, mic, monitor, ergonomic chair.
0: Interesting. You know what? Because I was going to say that there are a lot of hotels like Courtyard by Marriott even that have desks already. Oh, you want more than that. You want someone who comes in with a laptop to just plug in, have a good microphone Uh, that eliminates echo. Frankly, I've interviewed a lot of people from hotels. I get how bad that could be good light. You want it to be that whole setup. And you thought they would list their properties on your marketplace. And they said, no, talk to me about how you went and reached out to them and tried
1: to convince them. What was that experience like? What did you do? We reached out to our hotel partners. Hey, COVID has changed the uh, way people live and work, and now they want to access high-speed internet and office setups. But usually they say no. It's pretty hard to control the quality as a platform. So that's why we pivoted our business from the marketplace model to this model. Okay, and so then
0: you went back to hotels and you said, all right, we want to just get space from you for multiple months. Would you be willing to make that deal and give us a discount on your price? And they said yes.
1: Yeah, so that's our initial idea of marketplace.
0: I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but who did you call at hotels that you got a deal from?
1: I talked to hotel managers or revenue managers, and then if I commit to Saturday's days, Plus day, more longer, like several months, would you be willing to provide a discount? And some of them said yes. So in this way, we started our original idea of marketplace.
0: Got it. Just contacting hotel managers and trying to make a deal with them. You know, I wouldn't have thought that hotel managers have that kind of leeway, but I understand they do because there's a guy here in Austin, Chris Beeman. During the pandemic... He said, you know what? All these hotels are empty. I would love to live in a hotel. So he went over to the hotel manager and he said, let me make a deal with you. You're basically sitting on these empty rooms. Give it to me. And he asked for it. I forget what the price was, but we're talking about really cheap for a month worth of stays. And he just kept staying at these hotels. And it was incredibly comfortable from what I heard. They had pool. They had space. They had access directly to downtown. It was absolutely wonderful from what I heard. All right. So I get it. Now you're starting to have that. Take me through, you said, investment from Jason Cowen. Calacanis helped things take off. How did you hook up with Launch, which is Jason Calacanis' investment vehicle? In
1: 2017, he tweeted about Incubator. Hey, we are looking for great founders and ideas. And if you have any great product, please email me. And then she put his email in his tweet. And I sent a pretty simple email, just three sentences. The first sentence is product description, one one sentence pitch. And second line is uh, about traction. Mm -hmm. And third one is I emphasize my commitment. I never give up until I build a global product here. And then he replied back, hey, let's chat over coffee.
0: That short email got you a let's chat over coffee. Wow. You didn't even have to like bring up Dave Morin's name or anyone else. It was just, here's my idea. I never give up. What do you say? Tell me what that coffee was like. One of the things that I've heard from people who've sat down with Jason is that he is really good at sharpening the way that you think about your idea and the way you explain your idea. Even people who who feel that he's just too much love and
1: want more of that part of him. So what was that coffee like? We had a quick meeting. Actually, it was 20 minutes, mm-hmm. it's a short meeting. I was like, hey, we are originally from Japan and do you like ramen? And she said, I'm not a ramen person. I'm a sushi person and I like Ginza. Ginza is the best place for sushi, something like that. And spending time, five to 10 minutes for ice break. And I was like, okay. hey, we should talk about <laughs> business. And after that, Jason asked very simple questions, uh, who our customers are, how we acquire them, and then how we differentiate others. At that time, we just had 20 minutes call. But after that, Launch team took a deep due diligence. Like they spoke with our customers, they reviewed our financial statements. So d- this is unusual, right? So why Combinator our other accelerators, usually they took a look at the application and have short meetings, and then they make a decision. But Launch is pretty much like doing the deep due And then after that, we received an email, hey, you have been accepted, the Launch Incubator. How did
0: you get your customers back in that early day when you were sitting with Jason over coffee? What was the original?
1: We posted our website on Craigslist.
0: That is kind of how I think the Airbnb people did in the beginning also. Were you also listing on Airbnb? At that time, no. Before we continue, I've got to tell you about Gusto, my sponsor. It's the easy payroll and benefits solution that you're going to love. This is the time of year to switch over to a plan that you're going to enjoy using that's going to make it easy for you to pay your people, make it easy for them to be on top of how much you've paid them, what everything is looking like as far as taxes, payments, benefits, time, attendance, all the stuff that you need. So easy and beautiful that you've heard many of my past interviewees talk about how much they love using it and I'm going to recommend them highly. This is the time of year to switch. You will love it. I guarantee it. In fact, I don't even, I don't even have to give you a money back guarantee. I'm just going to let you try it for free right now. If you go to gusto.com Mixergy, that's G-U-S-T-O.com M-I-X-E-R-G-Y. How did being in launch help you become a better entrepreneur or improve your business?
1: Launch Accelerator was totally different than other accelerators like YC. Every week, Jason brought three to five investors from Sequoia, uh, Founders Fund, Greylock, Top Tier mm-hmm. VCs, and we pitched to them and get feedback. It was a 12-week program, okay. and I met a bunch of investors through that process. Okay. And then at that time, I didn't have much experience to pitch to investors in English, so I was so nervous. And uh, the question they asked to founders pretty like similar. To our, your customers and what is your defensibility yeah. and what is the market size and something like that. So
0: I'm getting used to it was worth experience. You raise money, you come out of that program, things are going well and then now you take me to what happened during the pandemic.
1: After we graduated, his accelerated. We raised a 2.5 million seed round, and after that, 5.3 million Series A round. Okay. But right after we closed our Series A, the pandemic hit, and our revenue dropped to less than half. Okay. So we needed to change something to survive the pandemic.
0: And the reason that it dropped so much was it was obviously people weren't traveling in the early days, but they were also much less willing to stay in hotels. And you were 100% in hotels at the time, right?
1: Right. We work with hotels and also some vacation rental properties.
0: And so you start to scramble. How did you figure out what the solution was? I remember how tough those days were.
1: We realized that the pandemic has changed the way people live and work. So mm-hmm. many people want to access the high-speed internet and office setup. But with the marketplace model, we cannot control the quality. So that's why we pivoted from the marketplace to service sub model. And we decided to shut down the marketplace model. We are focusing on 100% of our resources uh, to the current model now. And
0: so the current model was you had enough money, you were able to start going in and renting long-term, buying furniture, and setting it up. What's the first place that you set up like that?
1: I went to a department called Nima in San Francisco, and I reached out to them. I know the place. I went there. And at that time, they had a bunch of empty rooms because of the pandemic. Uh-huh. And then I offer them, I will lease one unit. I want to sublease this unit. I got to furnish and install high-speed internet right. and standing desk monitor. But I don't want to live here. Can I officially sublease you know, this unit to someone else? Mm-hmm. And then at the time, they want to fill out their empty rooms. So they said yes. Okay. I did a bunch of research on what the mic and webcam good quality. And Uh I launched our first unit. And then, yeah, this is how we
0: started. Being in the pandemic would open them up because, frankly, before the pandemic, they hated subleases. Buildings, even if you bought a place, I was going to buy a place in San Francisco. And I figured the days that I'm not using it to record my interviews, I'll just rent it out. Buildings hated that. And so suddenly the pandemic made things worse, but also opened up a new opportunity.
1: Now some properties allocate um, 10 to 20% of their portfolio residential rooms to corporate housing operators like us. So
0: as I understand it, that's the model for a while. And then at some point, you start to create partnerships with, as you said, Graystar, Avalon Bay, UDR, I think. What are those partnerships like?
1: They have multi-family residential uh, buildings across the United mm-hmm. States. So Through this partnership, we expand our units in a scalable way. The first step is that you know, we reach out to them, and then mm-hmm. they will do the agents of our business. They will check our financial statement, business model. And then once uh, their headquarters approved us, mm-hmm. uh, we can access to their inventories across the United States.
0: So this partnership isn't one where they're doing marketing for you or anything. It's more like they're making it easier for you to rent from them, Right. Right. I remember Brian from Airbnb a while back told me the story of how he figured out how to redesign Airbnb, how to think through the pictures on the site, how to go from just a spare bedroom to just renting the whole place. And it was all going back to what he told me were visits to his customers' homes, spending time with them, understanding what they were doing. When you talk to your customers, what are some of the things that you've learned from them?
1: What I learned from them is consistency is important for them. We have several returning customers. Some of them stay with us three times and four times already. And the reason why they book with us repeatedly is consistency of quality. We manage our properties professionally. Through any place, they can access certain level of amenities, properties, and experience and location. So the consistency of quality is pretty important for them. I
0: do love going to Airbnbs, but you never know what you're going to get. You might end up with this amazing surprise where it's better than you expected. You might end up with exactly what you thought, but it's missing something that makes the experience, I don't know, useful, comfortable. And that's sometimes why I want to go back to hotels, but I, I hate going to hotels. The problem with being in a hotel, I can't connect with the other people I'm with. You have to meet them in the lobby and that's just not a warm way. I like when we wake up and we see each other, we have coffee, we're in each other's way and that's where we connect. Are you partnering it up with any one of these Nomad sites or have you done anything with them, like Nomad List and the others?
1: Not yet, but I'm pretty interested in partnering with them. How many properties do you have now? We have more than 100 uh, units across Mm the United States, San Francisco, New York, LA, San Diego. We are currently available in those four cities. Do you
0: make money on each property that you list? Are you selling them? Are you renting them out long enough that you can be profitable
1: We are not profitable yet at the company level, but we generate profit at the unit level. So we are still in growth mode.
0: So unit level, you rent a place for a year, you know you're going to make a profit on it for that year.
1: Right. 50% markup on the top of the lease. It really depends on the season and depends on the market, though. And the average occupancy rate is 80%. It also depends on the seasonality, though.
0: Do you think this could be done in other spaces? So you're dealing with people who are traveling and want to work. Do you think that this kind of thing would work for vacations or anything else? Is there a version of this model that might work in other places?
1: We have two types of customers, B2B and B2C. Mm -hmm. So B2B, we have many business travelers who stay with us. So they used to stay at Marriott Hilton Hotels, Mm -hmm. but they are not suitable for long-term stay. Like they don't have a kitchen space and they don't have any data scan monitor thing. They switch from hotels to any place. And another sector is B2C, digital nomad types of people. After the pandemic, many people started a nomadic lifestyle and they used to use Airbnb, but now they fall in love with any place. And this is long-term vacation style bookings, but we don't do short-term stays, less than 30 days because of the regulation.
0: No, you nailed it with this because even if someone were to do the same thing for vacations and the laws wouldn't be there, a digital nomad, they're doing this on a regular basis. Every month of their life is essentially uh, another place that they're renting. And so you get that ongoing relationship with them. And there's not a lot of great opportunities. I'm surprised that when I was looking for apartments in cities, that it was so hard to find long-term rentals that were fully furnished, that I didn't want to furnish the place. Just design it for me. And I don't want to move my stuff out. I don't want to have to figure out what to do with this. I don't want to go back to Ikea furniture, which kind of, it's chintzy and it breaks, um, or it feels just like, I don't know, not as polished, not as cool. Everyone comes in and the first thing they say is, oh, I've got that in my house. Actually, do you guys have Ikea furniture all over? No. What's the deal with, as I look at your past, I keep seeing something called Instabed from 2015 to 2017. What was that?
1: The Instabed was last-minute deals on vacation rentals. Okay. It's something like Hotel Tonight for Airbnb, but it didn't work. Okay, how did you get people to list on it, or did you? I contacted Airbnb host on Airbnb, uh-huh. and Airbnb banned me. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty hard to acquire the supply side. And then in the hotel industry, if I acquire Marriott Hotel or Hilton hotel Hotels, I can access a bunch of inventories. And then usually they have leftovers. But in the vacation rentals, Especially Airbnb, if I acquire one Airbnb host, usually they have one or two listings. It's not a scalable acquisition process. Right. And then if those hosts are good quality, usually they don't have leftovers, right? So it's pretty hard to acquire a good inventory.
0: And still, you did this for a couple of years. That must have been a really painful period.
1: Right. For the first two years, i but struggled to find product market fit. And with Instabed, this is a, a product name and also company name. For the first two years since I started my own company, tested a lot and failed. We changed products a lot. And then in 2017, we found the opportunity of any place.
0: What are some of the pivots that you did with Instabed?
1: Furniture rental. I don't want to set up furniture every time I move to a new place. So maybe furniture rental services allow my lifestyle more f- flexible. Mm-hmm. But problem was, I never drive a car in the United States. I have a driver's license, but I rented out a van to deliver furniture. I bumped every time. And then I was like, this business is not sustainable.
0: Why'd you stick with it? And how'd you even get to pay the bills?
1: Two years, nothing. We raised money from Japanese angel investors, it was 320K.
0: How'd you stay optimistic? How'd you keep from hating yourself and hating the business
1: and feeling like nothing was ever gonna work out? It was tough time, but it was fun. My dream is to build a global product here. And I believe San Francisco is the best place because there are many great investors, great founders, and great talents. In Japan, to be honest with you, 90% of startups are copycats. So they copy U.S. startups' model and localize them into the Japanese market. Yeah. And it sounds boring to me. I don't want to spend my time on someone's idea for 10 to 20 years. So this is why after I graduate my college, I moved to San Francisco.
0: All right. Well, congratulations. I love the idea. I'm impressed by how far you've come with this and that you didn't give up before. The site is itsanyplace.com. Great domain. What'd you pay for that?
1: Yeah, it was 25K or something.
0: Not bad at all.
1: Wow. Not bad. Yeah. Great. How'd you get that for 25K? From funding investors.
0: I mean, like, was it a hard negotiation or was it just listed for that?
1: I found it on GoDaddy. And then All right. I yeah, reached out to the owner through GoDaddy. And then it was not hard negotiation. Okay. It was easy.
0: Good deal. All right. Thanks so much for being on here. And I should say, listen, this interview is not sponsored because what I want you to know is that um, what I've been focused on lately is taking the team that's been editing my podcast and frankly, Steve, putting this whole thing together and I'm making them available to other podcasters. We're working with three. I'm not ready to take on another person. But if you'd like to have us book your guests for you, help you edit, help you produce your podcast, Beginning to end, including promote, contact me. And then when we have space to take on one more, maybe we can work together. Or maybe I can just give you a better direction if it's not the right fit for us to work together. My email address is andrew at mixergy.com. All right, Steve, thanks so much for being on here, man. Thanks,
1: Andrew. It was fun.